everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. I sit down with Eddie Cha, striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, as he talks about this weekend's Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez striking showdown. We also discuss the new Roadhouse movie. Can it ever really be remade? It looks as though, and right now I'm looking at uh, Deadline.com. The headline is, The Double Deuce Back in Business. MGM ramps up the Roadhouse reboot with Jake Gyllenhaal and Doug Lyman circling. So, um, which is absolutely insane, okay? Uh, by the way, Doug Lyman, who is apparently on to produce slash direct, um, he did The Edge of Tomorrow. He did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He did The Bourne Identity. He did Swingers. He did Go, if you remember that one. American Made. So, uh, kind of like a lot of action genre movies. So, it looks like they're rebooting Roadhouse, or that's getting ready to go. Jake Gyllenhaal might be starring. Now, what I'm looking at from this article, as for the reboot, it's unknown whether it's a straight remake or a modern take on the material. It's also unknown if Gyllenhaal will be playing the role of Dalton or play a completely new character in that world. Given Lyman's record of high-speed thrills and action, along with his innovative style with rich and interesting stories, audiences can expect that same fun that the original delivered on. As for Gyllenhaal, the role gives him another fun physical role to dig his teeth into after recently working with directors like Michael Bay and now Guy Ritchie, both of whom are known for bringing the fireworks in their projects. So, oh my God, where do I even start with this? Uh, How much, by the way... How much of a fan of the original Roadhouse are you, KB? Come on, are you one of those that grew up with it like me or no? Or did you catch it later? Tell me. No, I caught it later. So I I didn't have that cult phenomenon. It's a fun movie for like the first hour or so. And then it just starts to go crazy off the rails. (laughs) At what part is it off the rails to you? Because I saw it like I am old enough to have seen this right when it came out. I was about 12. Oh, no, was I 12? No, I was 89. Yeah, I was 12 and 89. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, when Ben Gazzara decides he's going to destroy an entire uh, automotive sales With lot, what? With a what? Giant Say it. Tr- a With giant a giant monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, somehow totally... he's, he's so above the town that no one can do anything about <laughs> it's it. Like, so it's stupid. <laughs> right when he gets to that part, that's where it's like, all right, this thing is gone. Right. And, and, and all right. So let me let me back it up. And right now I got to ask um, Aaron, our other producer who's subbing in today, bro. How old are you, dog? I'm 35. OK, so a roadhouse conversation is in your wheelhouse or no? You're the same age as KOB. So like you caught yeah, it. Later. So I should. I really I don't know it. Don't know it at all. OK, cool. I'm wondering no. age wise where we are in terms of the wheelhouse. So here's the deal. I saw it once again. I was 12 years old. Um even I was struck by the absurdity of the plot that people care this much about a stupid little roadhouse bar, right? A lot of 80s movies worked this way. And it's just lost in that particular decade. And and there are other plots where you go, like, dude, really? Does anybody care that much about this stupid little honky-tonk freaking bar, okay, in the middle of nowhere? It's like, have you seen, um, God, what is it? Is it, um... Uh, it, the Bruce Lee movie with Chuck Norris. Have you seen that? It's fought over a stupid little Chinese restaurant that no one would care about in a million years. Um, 
I forget which one, it, what it's called. Way of Something. the Dragon? What? Way of the Dragon. Way of the Dragon, yeah, because it has a couple of, I've seen the original one in Chinese, it has a different title than it did in the U.S., but yeah, Way of the Dragon, okay. But at the end of the day, it's because these mob bosses want this particular Chinese restaurant to sell to them for no reason, and they send people out there, and Bruce Lee kicks their ass. And it's like, dude, you can't find another restaurant that's as important. you got to have this particular one. Same deal with this, right? Same deal with this. This stupid conflict over a ridiculous little saloon in the middle of nowhere. It, and this 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 guy for some reason is a mob boss in this dumb little town. Who the hell he's needs even, a mob boss, right? It's not even a mob boss, like a, right? Yeah, like a mob boss. He's just like a guy who I guess is like the richest person in town who's invested a lot of money so now he's getting kickbacks from all the from all the businesses and stuff like that. And but for some reason mobbed up like a small for, town for Fuck some reason, yeah. Patrick Swayze Dalton coming into the town just really rubs him the wrong way. Now he's got to stick it to this bar. Like it's it's it's, it's a just, really weird con. It's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a fun movie because it's just right, fights right. and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, but then it just goes into full ridiculousness. Like we're, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like we're just destroying things. My favorite, not to spoil. I mean, I mean, it's movie's been out for forever. So right, you've either seen it or you haven't. Just turn off your damn radio if you haven't. The heard whole it. scene, right. like the, the end scene, Patrick Swayze kills like six people, and like <laughs> just there's just no consequence whatsoever <laughs> for it. Like not all at all, right? All because the other so quote unquote witnesses who were there were all like. No, I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? Like they, like they wouldn't all just be taken in by like, police. Like you're all under arrest for under suspicion of murder. Like ten dead bodies in this house. It's like, the dumbest, right? Appar- apparently, the police were in whatever town the double deuce is supposed to be are just like, all right, good enough for us, man. Bunch of dead bodies, but <laughs> no one saw anything. So what are we gonna do? Like- right, we'll cover this up. Right? It's it's <laughs> it's absurd. And but there are so many movies of that. Era, you know, I'm I'm a child of the '80s, right? Um, I was once again 12, 13 when the when the when the '80s ended. Where looking back on it as an adult, a lot of these plots are just absurd. And so when you reboot these or remake them with modern sensibilities, and I don't mean like, and the movie's not particularly offensive. There's there's nothing you couldn't oh you couldn't make that movie today. No, there's nothing about that you, you couldn't make today. The plot is just '80s absurd. It's it's absurd, and if you didn't grow up with it, it doesn't make any sense to you. And the only way I can say it, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything comparable, like, and I don't mean to offend anybody, it's almost like a religion. Like, it's, it's not goofy if you grew up with it, but explaining it to somebody else, it doesn't make any sense. Those are 80s movies, right? If you didn't grow up with them, which I did, I grew up in the 80s, where it, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't think it was that weird that nobody stopped the fight between Ivan Drago and, and, and uh, Apollo Cruz, Apollo Creed. Nobody thought that. Nobody thought, man, any referee with half a brain stops that fight. The fact that he beat him to death in the ring as a plot point didn't really bother us. And, like that was normal in the eighties. You know what I mean? But like watching it now, if you showed us somebody who had never seen him before, KOB, they're like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." Right? But when we were kids, we like didn't think both guys it. would be dead right now. Yeah, if, if both Ro- guys. If, Ro- would be if dead, Rocky right? and Drago fought like this, although we did just watch Chandler Gaethje, so it wasn't that far off. Right. But uh, no, here's the other thing I keep yeah. thinking of. Like, all right, you're making this new movie, and again, we don't know if it's a reboot or like uh, or just a complete remake. But at the same time, it's like I, I don't know if you guys know this, but like I don't care what kind of backwoods town you live in. 
kids got cell phones. You can't just be having bar fights and people aren't filming that. Like, it's a whole different it's, world yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Facility, like, the places, the venues have cameras. Every single kid has to post stuff on social media. Like, how are you going <laughs> to believably have They'll these, sue these the random, ass off you? Yeah. Like, they'll sue the ass off you. Barroom in a, brawls yeah. of, of Roadhouse and, like, somehow try to keep it in a, in a position where it's like, oh, yeah, totally normal. No one saw anything. Like, I've heard stories from uncles and friends and stuff like that of, like, yeah, we were getting into brawls and pool halls, like, smashing pool, pool sticks across people's faces. And, yeah, you could do that in the 80s and 70s because... It no, didn't end up on yeah. YouTube, right? Yeah. We're, we're living in a modern world now. I don't know how you believably put this film into today. Right. Okay. Did you see Did you see the movie Memento? It's one of my favorites of all yes, time. Yes. Love Great that movie. movie. Right? That's a movie you couldn't make today because he he carries around a camera, like, like a Polaroid camera and everything. Well, you put that all on your phone. It's just logistically a totally different movie, right? Just yeah. the technology has changed to the point where it doesn't make sense. I was watching a thing, or it was listening to actually because it was a podcast, about the Zodiac Killer, right? I'm on planes a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm not reading. And it was about the Zodiac Killer. And so many things that you, that you see with the Zodiac Killer, he couldn't have gotten away with that now. With DNA, with all the technology we have, he just couldn't have gotten away with it. We can trace phone calls, all this stuff. He couldn't have gotten away with it. And at the end of the podcast, I, you know, it's, it's however many episodes it was, they had a police officer say the height of serial killers was the 70s and the 80s. You know, that's where we had the most serial, you know, Ted Bundy, all, you know, the, the Night Stalker, Richard Mears. He goes, we still have sick people. We just catch them after two or three. You don't get into the numbers people got into the 70s with, you know, the BTK killer and the Golden State killer. We have too many resources now. You're not going to kill, kill six people, and we're not going to get you. We're going to get you, okay? And I thought that was very, very interesting. That's another thing where you look at it and go, yeah, with today's technology, you can't make a realistic and, – and did you see the latest Halloween movie? No, I still have not gone down that road. I haven't yet. seen it yet. And, and Corey Graves, my broadcast partner for, for uh, Monday Night Raw, called in. We talked on the show about it. He didn't like it. And it's one of those things where you you wonder how do you make a, a a movie like that, where with modern technology you just can't get away with killing ten people in the same room or the same house, or a serial killer gets away with all this stuff. Roadhouse has like four or five of those scenes that just like in the modern world you couldn't get away with that. And what are they going to do with that, right? I, that's how? the thing I'm wondering because uh. I feel like you can't make a remake. Like actually. The one thing we're skipping over entirely, like, this was supposed to be a, a film featuring Ronda Rousey when they it's first started Supposed to be her vehicle, yeah. 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 I don't imagine, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's a fine actor. I, 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 like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Did Southpaw play the boxer? Yeah. Yeah, he I think he probably, probably, I think he'd probably do great in this role. But I just don't understand how you do it. Because I think if you make a full-on, like, remake, I think people riot. Because that, that, that thing is just such a, such a cult classic. That I th- I don't think people would be into it, and if you reboot it, I don't understand how you reboot it. Like, like I kind of laugh. Like another version of that, Point Break, like another classic '80s movie. Keanu Reeves and hated pa- the remake. Patrick Swayze again too. Yes. By the way, the remake was awful. The, the remake was, took itself way too seriously, in my opinion. Like the the first one was fun. This the the scenes are amazing. Like the the, the yeah. snowboarding scene, the 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 windsurfing scene right. is, is all re- all truly shot and really done by the by. Amazing stunt actors, but the movie just took itself too seriously. However, 
this doesn't really get credited as like a reboot, but the Fast and the Furious is point break with cars. Like they basically rebooted that same idea and yes. it's a giant franchise now, somehow, still. Uh so I don't understand, but I just don't understand how you reboot Roadhouse. Like I'm saying, like if you're putting it in today's times, I don't think you can be a bouncer and do these type of things that Dalton was doing. You go to jail, or you get your yeah. ass suit off. Like that's it. Can't rip out a dude's throat. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Dylan Danis got go to prison. Dylan Danis got choked out by a Jersey Shore boxer. I mean, a Jersey Shore bouncer, and that ended up all over the place. Like you just can't get away with this stuff. So I don't understand how you reboot it. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. The fight this weekend, Yair Rodriguez versus Max Holloway, a guy who knows a lot about getting fighters ready for Yair Rodriguez, is Eddie Cha, striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, Scottsdale, Arizona. Why? He worked with Korean Zombie. Also, Wei Li Zhang, Henry Cejudo. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. How are you, Jimmy? Doing well, man. Doing well. So, uh, when you look at, let's say, for example, uh, a fighter like Yair Rodriguez that you've prepared uh, Korean Zombie for, he was doing really well that entire fight, of course, until that elbow one second left to go in the fight, an absolute heartbreaker. Uh, what were the kind of things you looked out for getting Korean Zombie ready for Yair Rodriguez? Style-wise, what jumped out to you? So uh, I actually worked with Zombie after that fight. I was there. I had another fighter, so we did talk about it during the week gotcha. and stuff like that. Um, I did work with him before, but not uh, full-time, so... Uh, we did talk about that fight. Um, I, I thought he had a, a bit of a, um, I wasn't wrong, but he could have switched up his game plan. I know Yair took that on short notice. It was in Denver and high altitude. So I, I would have preferred him to put more pressure on him and keep the volume up. Um, he said the jab was working really well, so he wanted to just stick on the outside. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I, I think it's a super exciting fight with Holloway and uh, Yair coming up this Saturday. When you look at that, um, that that physical pressure you talk about, no one brings pressure like Max Holloway. He's a volume guy. He doesn't let you off the hook. He throws a million punches. He's right in range. He leans heavily over the lead leg. How do you deal with that physical pressure with a guy coming at you with volume with an attack like that, man? Yeah, uh, there's a few things you can do, but um, one is continue to somewhat wrestle to keep him honest. Faints are going to be a big part of it. I think Yair switches stance beautifully to keep his uh, uh, more of a quite of a distance. So there's quite a bit of things that he can do, but ultimately I think you also got to kind of gain your respects, whether it's going to be the late kicks or heavy counters. Uh, I think Yair is going to need to set some traps and uh, sit on sit on some counters for Yair in order to slow Holloway down. When you look at, and of course I'm speaking to Eddie Cha, of course, striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, when, I, when I think about that, and, and I think about Yair Rodriguez, and one thing I've talked about in, in 
earlier on today has been the inactivity for Yair Rodriguez. He's had two years off. Uh, even when he was fighting, he only had one, really, in 2019, one in 2018. Hasn't been fighting that much. Max Holloway has. And in his last few fights, they've been five-rounders. They've been long. He's put in a lot of work. Um, how do you get a guy? Let, let, let's say you're, you're coaching a guy like Yair Rodriguez who's had a long time off. What are the things you look out for, man? Is, is it a slow start? What are the hard things about taking a lot of time off? I mean, uh, I think there's only been a few fighters that, that ring rust isn't real, so that would be my biggest yeah. concern for Yair, um, only having two fights in, what, six years. I think it was Zombie and Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, I would have to – if he was my fighter, I'd have him do a lot of live rounds, play rounds, and so forth. Like what we do for Cejudo, Zombie, uh, Zhang Weili, we kind of simulate crowds and stuff like that. Uh, for Wei Lee, for example, we, we simulated uh, like a surround town with booze, walking out. We had our whole team watching, just trying to build pressure. We had our heart rate monitor on to see if it spikes up or not. Anything we can do to kind of simulate the fight as close as possible. We had a USADA doctor <laughs> that comes in. We had uh, you know the UFC commission, the New York commission supposedly coming in. and uh, We try to really simulate it as close as possible. We get the workouts to go, we do the introductions. We have uh, Captain Eric be Michael Buffer and do <laughs> do the introductions of the fight. So, <laughs> um, it it really helps. I mean, it, every single fighter has said, "Man, I started getting the jitters back there when I was saying five minutes, five minutes, we're walking and so forth." So those are kind of some of the things that I would do that we like to do over here at Fight Ready. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure that that was my only concern. I, I just did an interview with Mark Lamondi at ESPN and. He wanted to know who I would pick, but obviously it's hard to go against the GOAT of uh, Max Holloway. I think he's definitely probably the best in the division right now, but call me crazy, but I, I really think Yair matches up well. Uh, the pressure, the, I'm a little concerned with the apex, the smaller cage. I think that phase was Max, of course, but <clears throat> the kicks of the Yair, he's super athletic. He's got a great jab. Um my and his kryptonite is wrestling. You know, Hollow Max is not going to wrestle him, right? Well, maybe he will, but if he doesn't wrestle him, it's just a pure striking match. I mean, Yair has a, ch a chance <laughs> against anybody. So I'm really excited to see uh, how this fight turns out. Uh, speaking, of course, to Eddie Cha, striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, Scottsdale, Arizona. So uh, when, 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 I, when I look at Max Holloway, how long does the shine last when it comes to Calvin Cater? I, I would argue the best performance of his career, and that's saying a lot. He's had some great performances. But against Calvin Cater, it was like everything was working. He was seeing every punch. He was slipping and ripping. His, his feints were extraordinary. He was taking time to talk to the commentators, then busting Calvin Cater up. Does that momentum with the performance like that, does that carry into your next fight? Uh, I would think so. I, I know that they... He, Max was talking about he changed some things up in camp. He he wasn't sparring as much. He was doing more play rounds. So there's less wear and tear on his body. Um, my concern with Max is eventually, you know, all these wars are going to uh, catch up to him. Almost yeah. every fight he's had has been five-round fights, you know. Uh, so he started early in his career. I mean, he's still a young man. But, uh, you know, that was our concern with Zombie as well. So we kind of switched his style up. Uh, if you saw the Ige fight, we mixed in wrestling and kind of made, we want performance of the night. We don't want fight of the night for zombie. And so, uh, 
Yeah, I think Max will uh, continue to do what he does. I mean, he's always been a high-volume guy. His cardio is off the chain. Um, but it's interesting interesting to see if he can actually bring something else to the, the table. I don't think – you don't fix what's not broken, but I think Yair is so dynamic when it comes to striking. If it's only going to be striking, he doesn't have to worry about wrestling. Um, and then Volkanovski was successful in the first fight. I thought Max made a great adjustment in the second fight, not getting kicked in the leg. But uh, yeah, Yair's a lot longer and taller than Volkanovski, and he's got better kicks, I believe. So that's why I think it's going to be a competitive match. I don't know how to, <laughs> if anybody can keep up with that pressure, but like we talked about, how do you deal with pressure is, is keeping somebody honest with the feints, wrestling, and counters. If you get countered, everybody gets a little bit weary of coming back again, going in, going in. And I don't think uh, Kelvin, I have to watch the fight again, but he didn't get too many counter shots off uh, Max, so he was able to do what he wanted to do. Uh, uh, of course, speaking to Eddie Cha from, uh, he's a striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, Scottsdale, Arizona. I want to ask you a little about a little bit about Zhang Wei Li. You worked with her before the Rose Nama Yunus fight. Um, what were your thoughts on her performance? She looked way more prepared. She looked mentally a lot more focused. Physically, she looked a lot better. What went into that? You talked about you know simulating the booze, simulating the crowd. What else did you change ch- change tactically that had success in that fight? Uh, first of all, I think, you know, it, it could be biased, but I, I did watch the fight quite a bit of times. I actually thought she won rounds one, two, and three. A lot of people did. Was sec- yeah. The closest yeah. round was the second. So then I watched it again. Uh, she buckled, uh, Rose with the left hook, really staggered her going back. Then she got the takedowns. Rose got the takedown at the end with maybe 40 seconds left or something like that. But if the takedowns are negated with two takedowns at one takedown apiece, I mean, you have to look at the striking. Um, we were chopping her legs apart. Um, like I said, she, she got her with the left hook. So I honestly think she won rounds one, two, and three. Uh, I can't talk about, or I don't like to talk about it if the fighter doesn't uh, say anything first. So I won't say uh, what went wrong or anything like that. But um, I thought she fought great. She's a great individual. So it was a pleasure to work with her. Um, we definitely, we picked up, um, a mental coach, mindset, Mike, he helped out tremendously with her, uh, her mental game. And I think, uh, our team did great. Um, our game plan was to kick the legs a little bit and kind of mix in wrestling. She got five out of 10 takedowns. Um, so everything was kind of running great. Uh, I honestly thought we won that fight. I thought it was very, very close. A lot of people did give her the first three rounds for sure. Um, when you look at, the, the career of Max Holloway, and he tends to go into five-rounders. He tends to uh, go to war every single time. He tends to have a volume attack. He eats a lot of punches. He throws a lot of punches. His style is very Hawaiian. Now, I'm old enough to remember Hawaiian MMA when it was at its peak, and it, was just, it meant you step forward and you scrap, right? You step forward, you throw big punches, you meet the guy in the center, and you go toe-to-toe. As you said... That does take a lot out of your career. How do you change a fighter who has had as many fights as Max Holloway? Is it hard to get in and change their style and get them to do things differently to add some longevity to their careers? Is that difficult? Do they resist you? I'm really curious about that. Yeah, if like for Zombie, the you know we, we used to speak all the time and say you need to come out and train, train, and he he always used to kind of train himself after he left uh, Korean Top Team. And he was like, everything is working. Why would I kind of switch it? And then uh, we talked about the Yair fight. And I said, man, if you had proper coaching, we would have told you you were winning and you wouldn't have blitzed in. And he goes, 
I don't know if I would have done it anyway. I'm just stupid and so forth. But um, it literally took that loss for him to come out and train with us. And so the irony of that is kind of weird. But, um, I mean, Max hasn't lost a fight, especially at 145. And so uh, and, and no matter what you're saying, he's a little bit younger too, I believe, than Zombie. But um, as you get older, I think you just have to fight smarter. It'll, it would only make sense to kind of mix in wrestling. He's got unbelievable takedown defense. I'm sure he can wrestle as well. Uh, and maybe even adding some kicks, you know, as opposed to relying on boxing. But, um, again, he's so great at what he does. It's, it's hard to really critique him and say, oh, he should do this, he should do that, because, again, he, he's the best right now. Are you surprised? Now, I don't want to say surprised, because it's Max Holloway. He's always going to fight. He said publicly, the UFC said I could wait out for the title opportunity to take on Volkanovski after, you know, whatever happens with Ortega. I'll get the winner of that fight. He goes, no, I want to fight. I want to stay busy. I want to stay active. I want to stay sharp. Um, You've seen, I'm sure, the upside of not taking a fight while your opponent takes a fight. You've also seen the upside of staying busy and having momentum heading into a fight. Uh, what do you think about that decision of Max Holloway to take a fight, a dangerous fight against Yair Rodriguez, that he doesn't have to take uh, rather than taking on Volkanovski without it? What, what are the two sides of that coin to you as a coach? Yeah, um, I, I think even with the Cater fight, he didn't need to take that fight. Um, he was definitely next in line, I believe, but uh, that cater fight was so impressive. Uh, Max is just a fighter. He's going to fight regardless. He believes he's the best. I'm assuming he believes that, you know, he he, he beat Volkanovski um, in the second fight too. And so, you know, if, if you're a champion, you don't really have a choice in it. So I think he's, he has that mindset of put somebody in front. It really doesn't matter. I don't want to kind of wait. Um Business perspective-wise, if I was his coach, I would say uh, we're next in line. You don't need to take this fight because if you look at the timeline now, if he didn't take this fight, they might be he might be fighting Volkanovski in, in three to five months. But now the whole division's on hold because this fight has to happen. Matt, whoever wins, you know, if Max wins, then you're talking another eight months down the line or depending on, you know, um, the wear and tear of, of Max or, or Yair. And so now the champion's waiting. Who knows? Someone might slide right in. I know our guy, uh, Hennessy Hudo, campaigning for that fight against Volkanovski. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I, I personally <laughs> would advise not to take that fight, uh, the Yair fight, and just kind of wait your turn. But, um, again, Max is just such a G. He, he's just a, he's unbelievable. Now, just to stick it to my producer, I'm going to ask you, the odds right now for Max Holloway, he is a seven to eight to one favorite. Un, do you do you agree with that at all against Ayer Rodriguez? It's like minus seven hundred to eight hundred. What do you think of that, man? I think it's extremely extremely high. I think the first time they were supposed to fight, it was about minus five hundred or something like that. Um, who knows? I mean, uh, the the biggest thing I think also is that. We can say all these things, what it's going to take to win for Yair, uh, but who's kind of running the camps? I know he likes to hop around gyms. Uh, he's been to our gym for a couple of weeks as well. And uh, so who's in charge of game planning? Who's the strategist there? Um, you know, who are his training partners? I think those are really key factors. If he was at a somewhat of a bigger gym or bigger coaches' names or sparring partners, I think those odds go down a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> Those odds are extremely high. 
<laughs> I agree with you, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. Get back to coaching Eddie Cha, striking coach for Fight Ready MMA and Fitness, Scottsdale, Arizona. Thanks so much for your time, man. Well, appreciate, uh, appreciate it. Thank you, my man. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.